So I want to encourage you out of the Word of God tonight. So if you've got your Bibles, I trust you do. Uh, let's lift them up and wave them around. Make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in tonight in a spirit of expectation. I expect to feed my spirit, to develop my faith. I'm moving up in the spirit realm. I'm, I'm learning more about you because you are revealing yourself to me through your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Acts 27. And uh, we'll re read a few verses there. Verse 21, Paul on the storm and in, the, in the ship there. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. In other words, I told you so. <laughs> should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, be of good courage. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou, shalt, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, wherefore sirs, be of good courage, for I believe God that it, is, it shall be even as it was told me. It shall be even as it was told me. So uh, I have a, a simple message tonight entitled, Let the Word Work. Let the Word Work. You know, Paul is in the middle of a deadly storm. All hope that they should be saved had been, been taken away. Who took it away? The devil. <laughs> he likes to take things away. God likes to give us things. And, uh, but he heard from God through his angel. That's how much pressure they were under. And what was the message the angel had? Fear not, Paul. Fear not. And so that's the message he gives to the crew. They were just so, you know, almost hopeless. Be of good courage. I believe it will be even as it was told me. In other words, I believe I receive and I shall have. <laughs> Amen. That's Mark eleven twenty four. in case you didn't know. I believe I receive and I shall have. You know, so when he spoke, when the angel spoke to Paul, was it any better? No, the storm was still raging. When Paul spoke to the men on the ship, was it any better? No, the storm was still raging. It didn't just go away. It didn't just, you know, like Jesus, he rebuked the storm one time and it was peaceful and the wind ceased. That's not what happened here. They had... You know, they had disobeyed God's word through Paul. And, uh, you know, there's consequences for ignoring God's will. God did not want them out there. God knew the storm was going to come, and he didn't want them to go through it. But since they did, they lost the ship, the, the, all the cargo. I, I imagine the owner probably went bankrupt, but not one person died. Because they had somebody that they were sailing with. They thought Paul was sailing with them. God looked at it like this. You're sailing with Paul. <laughs> and so Paul spoke his faith. And he let the word work. 
See, the word had gone through way back when. Fear not, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. I mean, that was the original intent for that boat to take him to Rome and, and or on his way to Rome. And he was, he was meant by God to stand before Caesar. That had been a promise that God had spoken previously. And so God spoke his faith and let the word work, and it did. The word did work. <laughs> and so uh, I like what Brother Mark says. You know, God's word was spoken so it could be seen. You know, it, it was written so it could be spoken, and it was spoken so it could be seen. Uh, we're just like in the God class of being. You know, in the, I've been saying this lately, but in the Genesis account, uh, God said and God saw. You know, we got to answer storms. We got to, and a little while later, we're going to rebuke that storm that they're saying is heading toward Texas. I believe it won't, in Jesus' name. But, um, but we need to uh, speak God's word and let it work. You know, I'm reminded of the centurion there in Matthew 8. Um, when, he, when he came to Jesus, he just simply told Jesus what was wrong with his servant. He said, he didn't even ask Jesus to do anything about it. He just said, Jesus, my servant is sick with the palsy. He's, he's in a bad way. He's at home. And Jesus is the one that volunteered. He said, I'll come and heal him. He said, oh, no, Lord, I, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Because I understand authority. I'm a man under authority. I know how authority works. I'm a man under authority, and then I say to this man, go, and he goes. This man, come, and he comes. This other man, do, and do this, and he does it. And Jesus, the Bible says, marveled. He said, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And, uh, and so, you know, he said, go your way as you have believed, so shall it be unto your servant. So, <clears throat> This servant had a revelation of, of Jesus speaking the word and letting the word work. And, uh, and that's faith. I mean, it's faith for us to believe, to let the word work. You know, the word doesn't always seem to work instantaneously. It doesn't seem like things change just because we speak it. But it always does if we'll let it, if we'll let the word work and believe it all the way to the end. And so that servant was healed in that very same instant. Of course, when he left to go home, he didn't know that. He found out after he got home when his servant got up to serve him. <laughs> you have to understand he had the palsy, and the palsy was a death sentence in those days. It was paralysis. It was, you know, you finally lost the power to breathe. And, uh, and so his servant was healed instantly when Jesus said that. You know, faith works, as we know, by by saying and or by praying. You know, it works by saying and or by praying. You know, Mark eleven twenty three talks about faith working by saying, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So the word works when we speak it, when we say it. And believe it in our heart. We, you know, he shall have. He shall have. There's no stronger language in the Greek. He shall have. In other words, you can go to the bank with it. You can put it in the bank. It's happening. It's going to happen. Will it happen that instant? Well, not necessarily. But it, you shall have what you speak, what you say. And then, of course, the next verse, 
Therefore, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Again, the word shall have is, is the strongest language and tense. It means it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. Let the word work that you have said. Let the word work that you have prayed. Faith works. Amen. Faith works in both you know, you don't necessarily have it the instant that you say it or the instant that you pray it, but you shall have. Amen. And so the word receive there is in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm is where everything happens. Uh, in the spirit realm is where everything that we have in the natural realm happens. And so when we speak and believe or when we pray and believe we receive, then we've done that in the spirit realm and in God's sight and in the sight of the angels that are listening. It's done. And so it takes some amount of time for it to happen in the causal realm, in the physical realm where we live. And what do we do in the between time? Well, we praise God for the, for the answer. We thank God. I mean, faith always praises and thanks God. Every time we think about that thing that we said or prayed, that's the end of the controversy. That's the end of the struggle. Now the pressure's on the Word. Once we've said it or prayed it, we put the pressure on the Word. All the pressure to perform is not, we don't do the performing, we do the believing. God does the performing. The Word of God will do its work. Amen. <laughs> it's a simple message and a simple encouragement tonight, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves. So let the word work. You know, uh, you know, we're not in the battle, we're in the victory. <laughs> Sometimes we have this attitude that we're all, oh, we're in a battle. Oh, we're in the valley. We're in the valley. We're in the, no, we're on the mountaintop looking down on everything. We're way far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. The devil's under our feet. We're in the victory all the time. We are in the victory. We're not in the battle. We're in the victory. Because why? Because we said something about it. Or we prayed something about it. And we believed in our heart. The Bible says in, in uh, 1 John 5, 4 that faith is the victory. I mean, when you have faith, you have faith-filled words. When you speak his word towards something, or when you pray towards something and believe you receive when you pray, then that's faith. That is faith. And it's the, like I said, it's the end of the conflict or the controversy. Once you've spoken it or, or prayed it, that's the end of it. I mean, you, the only thing you can do after that is to praise God that you have it, and it will come to pass. 1 John 4, 4 says, the greater one lives in us. So the greater one is there to put you over. The greater one is there to bear witness with what you've said and to get involved in the circumstances. If there's any battle... He's the one that's authoring the angelic forces uh, according to the word that you spoke or according to the prayer that you prayed. We don't have to make it come to pass. God is, all the pressure's on the word <laughs> or on the prayer. And so uh, let the word work. You know, years ago I was in Galveston uh, and I like to go several times a year to, just to pray and draw near to God. And uh, just, you know, God always meets me there. And uh, many times he'll show me something that I've never seen before. And it's just like a running joke with me. I don't have to see or anything like that. 
But uh, I invite him if he's got something to talk to me about, you know, start talking to me about it. Sometimes he'll show me something. In the, and uh, this particular time, I saw a kayak on the beach. <laughs> you know, here, you, you don't see very I many. I, I had never seen anybody in a kayak on the beach. I mean, you see some surfboards every now and then. Uh, but uh, you, I just never seen it. And here's a guy that's got a kayak, and he's launching it in. And it was a really rough day. The surf was white, you know, rough. The waves were coming in hard. And he started paddling his little kayak, you know. And each wave would come over the bow and hit him right in the face. I know it had to burn his eyes. <laughs> and he just kept paddling. And I was just, a, you know, mesmerized by him. Uh, paddling right into that surf. And I thought, where is he going? Is he going to Cuba? I mean, what, <laughs> what's he going to do when he gets out there? But anyway, he kept paddling. And, of course, the further out he got, the, big, the heavier the sea was. And so he would just disappear. You know, I, and I'm above sea level. I'm, I'm in my, on my balcony of my hotel. Or not, I wasn't in the hotel, I was up on the seawall, but I'm above seawall, 15 foot above sea level, so I'm looking kind of down on him. I could see him, but then he got out there so far that he would disappear, and then he would pop up, and then he would disappear, and then he would pop up. He just kept paddling, and it, no longer was he taking on water. I guess he was glad for that. But uh, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, that's your faith at work. Your faith, once you believe me, it's working all night long while you're sleeping. It's paddling. It's moving toward the destination. It's performing what you spoke. It's performing what you prayed. It just encouraged me so much because that guy was, I mean, he never stopped paddling. See, that's, I mean, you know, your faith is working after you're silent, after you go to sleep, after you've, you've done everything you can do and you go to sleep, your faith is still working. <laughs> it's performing. God is watching over his word to perform it. So let the word work. And I've got th in three things, in three areas, and, and of course every area, but I've got three specific areas I'd like to share with you. Number one, let the word work in your health. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words. Let them not depart from thine eyes, but keep them in the midst of thine heart. For my word is life unto those that find them and medicine, health or medicine to all their flesh. I mean, when, let the word work in your health. I know sometimes we want an instant. We want instant, you know, we want someone to lay hands on us. We want we want someone to pray for us. We want some, you know, we want the church to pray. And we do. We pray for people. And, and I'm not knocking prayer. I'm just saying in your own life, let the word work. Get the word of God working for yourself. I think the more you grow, the more you let the word abide in you and you begin to have confidence, you can take the word like it's medicine. And uh, we have those prayer cards out in, in our lobby you can pick up. They've got a bunch of healing scriptures on there. And you can meditate on those and speak those. And when you do, it's just like medicine. It's, like, it's better than earthly medicine. It's supernatural medicine. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had some battles with my heart back in the month of June and July. I wound up going in ICU for six days to, uh, for, for medical intervention to lower my uh, heart in out of and, and get it corrected out of uh, atrial flutter 
I'd had fibrillation before, but this was my second time of having atrial flutter, which is a serious condition. And when it's not confronted and controlled, it can, it can end your life. And, uh, and so, but I never quit speaking the word over my heart. And I have been speaking over my heart really diligently for the last 15 years, ever since my heart ever gave me the first trouble. Every night in the shower, I speak to my body. And part of that, that I'm speaking, I'm speaking directly to my heart and I'm sending the word to my heart and I'm, I'm, I'm letting the word work in my heart. So I was laying there, not feeling well, pretty miserable had been sleep deprived, didn't have any sleep for three days. And uh, because of the condition in my heart, I just couldn't fall asleep. I was short of breath and I would wake up in a start. So I'd sleep and then I'd wake up, sleep and then I'd wake up. And, uh, but in my misery and in that not feeling well, I just reminded my heart, hey, listen, I've been speaking to you for years. That word is is not going to return to me void. It's going to prosper in the thing where I I sent it. I'm going to let the word work on you. You're going to straighten up one way or the other, heart. And, uh, you know, I would just thank God. I wouldn't let myself get into fear. I wouldn't let myself get into, you know, into that. So speak the word of God in your health. Sometimes it seems like you're going two steps forward and three steps back. Well, your faith isn't in what it seems like. Your faith is in the word. Your faith is not in what it seems like, feels like, looks like. Your faith is not resting on, oh, believe with me for a good report from the doctor. I'm not waiting for a good report from the doctor. I've got a good report right here, right here. And so I I say all this to say that I had a follow-up appointment with my electrician. He did a procedure on me three weeks ago to uh, ensure that I wouldn't have uh, a flutter again. Well, I've already ensured with that with the Word of God. So he, you know, we do the supernatural. We do, uh, we do the natural. God does the supernatural. And sometimes doctors are involved in that. So the doctor did a, what they call an ablation, and he went in there with a catheter, and, and he went inside of my heart with a wire and did some work inside. He described it today. And uh, the main, main thing about today is that I get to roll off of five medications that I've been taking for the last, you know, two months. And uh, I've got his okay to roll five medications that I'm not going to have to take after, after two more weeks. I'll, I, you know, that's a good report. I had a good report. Praise God. My heart sounded great. I had a great EKG. Everything's back to normal. Well, I don't credit the doctor. I credit, I credit God's word. I credit Jesus. He's my healer. Amen. So let the word work in your health. Number two, let the word work in your dealings with people. There's such division right now. People are, uh, they're getting all uh, upset with you about your mask. If you don't wear one, I walked into the hospital. Every, everywhere you looked, it said masks are required. And frankly, I forgot that I was out of masks. I forgot to put one on anyway, but I thought about going back when I saw all the signs. And I realized, oh, I don't have any masks in my truck. I don't have a mask with me. So I said, well, Lord, I have favor anyway. Some people are going to be uncomfortable, I guess, but I, I, I don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> and no one said one word to me. I mean, in the exam room where I was waiting, I had the EKG, and I talked to the doctor. It says, Masks are required, <laughs> except for John Grider. He doesn't have to have one. <laughs> but in your dealing with people, 
we're in a time where there's division, there's fear, uh, there's persecution, there's gossip, there's unfair treatment. You know, I have a post on my website, on my Facebook page, isn't it a shame uh, in this great country there's so many people that feel like they're victims. <laughs> and that's what, the, that's what the Democrats want. They want everybody to be victimized. And then they can be the savior. They can be the source of solving the victimhood. The truth is they never have done that and they never will. <laughs> but uh, I want you to look at this verse right here. Uh, in your dealings with other people, you don't have to get into a, uh, a debate. You don't have to get, in, uh, you know, get into that uh, spirit where you've got to confront people and be a right fighter and win the argument. Just remember the greater one puts you over. In Jeremiah 20, verse 11. Oh, I tell you, a few years ago I came across this verse. And I tell you, I claimed it for me because I had some conflict that I was dealing with in the church. You mean you had conflict in the church? Listen, sure, people have flesh everywhere. You know, the devil goes to church. The devil went to church with Jesus. He went to the synagogue. Jeremiah 20, 11, But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. <laughs> you know, God's with you and God's for you. And sometimes we think about God being so sweet and nice. Well, you know what? The Bible says here that he's with me as a mighty, terrible one. So I don't have to be mighty and terrible. <laughs> I don't have to be rude and crude. But God will take our cause. Uh, and so I, you look up mighty, terrible one there. And in the, in the Hebrew, it means a violent champion, a ruthless tyrant. You know, we need to know more about God like that because that's right now, that's the God that's showing up to, to fight our battles. He's a ruthless tyrant. He's a, he's a violent champion, praise God. Oh, come on, let's just lift our hands. See, son, we have religious thinking about God. Oh, God, thank you for revealing yourself in this way. And the greater one lives on the inside. See, that's the that's the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. That's the one that's going to put you over. You don't have to be violent. You don't have to be like that. He's like that. He is able to intimidate your enemies. He's able to send angels, praise God, to intimidate and to scare them. That's what he did to, the, to Pharaoh's army. He intimidated Pharaoh's army. <laughs> and on our side, we just forgive them and let the word work. Just forgive them, oh, Lord, they're just misguided they're filled with fear lord i forgive them lord you're you're putting me over in this situation <laughs> glory to god i i trust this is helping some of you and then finally let the word work in your finances let the word work in your finances you know i think about oral roberts and uh it was in 2005 it's, it's, i can't believe it's already been 16 years ago uh, this past January that I went to interview him in California. But I, I heard that he had had a visitation of God and, and his, his assignment was to wake up the church. And uh, I talked to him about finance. He said, oh, John, he said, people have quit tithing. And uh, God, Jesus told him that my people are cheating themselves by not tithing. <laughs> 
They're cheating. See, I know that, well, a man robbed God. We rob God when we don't tithe. In other words, we're taking God's money and spending it on ourselves. That's robbing God. But it's not like God needs our money. It, tithe is honoring God. And so when we, when we rob God and not tithe, then we're, not, we're failing to honor him, and we're cheating ourselves out of the blessings of tithing and giving. You know, there in Malachi 3, it says, well, how, how are we robbing you in tithes and in offerings? So sometimes people tithe, but then they leave off offerings. Well, you're still robbing God. You're robbing God of the privilege of blessing you. He wants to bless his children, but you're, you're just doing nothing but cheating yourself. And you're cheating yourself out of the ideas, concepts, and insights. God wants to open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. So Brother Robert started sharing with me about ideas, concepts, and insights that come to the tithers. And all of the great inventions that we have in this country. Henry Ford began to tithe, and God gave him the idea of the, uh, of the assembly line. And it transformed the two industries, not just the automobile industry, but the agricultural industry. They began to manufacture farm implements, tractors, all kinds of modern equipment that increased the productivity exponentially in this country because of one idea that God gave a tither. God gave uh, Rockefeller, who was the richest man, he gave him ideas, concepts, and insights about the oil business. He became a, you know, the government had to break up his monopoly because he had such good ideas. And, uh, and so, and then the other thing is we have favor, and then he protects our assets. When we don't tithe, we, we, when we don't give, we cheat ourselves. We take ourselves out of the game, so to speak. And uh, so sow your seed with joy and gladness and expectation for the things that God said you could have. It's not wrong. You don't give for that purpose. You give to honor God. You give because it's blessed. You know, Jesus says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's something about giving that just, it's just wonderful. You feel like, oh, wow, I've, I've accomplished something. So we don't give to get, but at the same time, we do expect to receive from God's hand multiplication. We don't give for that purpose, but we do expect that God is going to give back to us greater measure, good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. And uh, men give to our bosom. We get favor when we give. And so get your mouth in gear when you give. Don't just go with your mouth closed. Praise God for the harvest that's coming your way. Praise God for the privilege of honoring him Worship him in your giving. Let that worship be on your lips. Here at Glorious Way, we like to play good, joyful music, and people dance their way up the aisles and give. You know, when we quit passing the buckets and made that adjustment, God, God began to deal with me about some adjustments we needed to make. He said, you know, people don't give with a purpose. They just kind of dump it in the bucket and it goes by them. He said, have them come up and joy and praise me. And, you know, since we did that, I tell you, our church is at a different financial level. And, you know, we get to a level, and then we break through that level, and we break through that level again. I'm telling you, we're just increasing more and more. So get your mouth moving when you give. Amen. So hook up your tongue to your faith and let the Word work. Come on, lift your hands and receive God's Word tonight.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe I've received revelation that will change my life. Amen.